five. Right, here we go again. Episode 17, I believe, of the North East Corner. I'm delighted to be joined by a guest today, local musician Scott Ramsey. How Hi. are you, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for having me. You, you just, we've just been talking briefly outside. Like, I always... I always kind of hate having to, it's not fake at the start of a podcast, but it's kind of like we're we're trying to, um, you know, show that we've maybe just first met, but we just have, but yeah, yeah. at the same time we have spoke a little bit outside, so I, I kind of feel like weird asking people how they are when I've done it like five minutes previously, but you said that you've uh, you've been uh, actually seen on your Facebook page uh, yesterday that you've been at a beer garden, was that to perform or was that just for uh, pleasure? Well, that was, that was, that was performance, um the first time I ever played out in, in the Mosset Tavern in their beer garden and it was really good. Yeah. Uh, yesterday morning was just fog. Yeah. All over, like, all over yesterday. So, oh, good God. And what, how, what is this going to turn out like? But the, the guys that were uh, running it said that last, the week before had been absolutely dinging it down with rain. Yeah. Everybody, was, everybody was still sitting at their tables. Even oh, really? Just, even what, just under yeah. the umbrellas and just, um, I think it was Callum Jones they said they had the week before and everybody stayed in the whole set and just watch them every table was packed out that's like I, I know people say that's extreme but like it's so positive to hear that people are like supporting local again now that we have like this kind of freedom to go to like businesses and, and uh, hospitality and stuff like that mm. so I think it, it can only be a good thing right like I was just saying to you outside or imagine since how long is it again since you've started performing is it May that you've been allowed to allowed to go back to yeah I mean it was sort of I'd say probably yeah I'd say probably end of May no, actually, I'm trying to think. No, it was... Uh, N- okay, NMA was, like, still with restrictions yeah. in a lot of mm-hmm. places. So, like, the places that could do it, they were they were having, like, more kind of seated events yeah. and stuff like that. And then, really, like, the last week in July was when everything kind and of... Yeah, that's when it was just, That's like, when, like, all... Most restrictions have yeah, been moved that and that, in terms of the social distancing and that. Yeah. Was it quite frustrating as, like, a performer to... Like go into a venue again, but it, like be controlled numbers and that. So like it obviously takes probably a bit away from the atmosphere. It it it's it it just depends. It, it's good and it's bad in some ways. Like it's good because you can. There is just uh, an emphasis on just kind of like playing um, kind of maybe more chilled out music or like or. You, you, there's no real pressure yeah. as a performer. Sometimes, like maybe it's self-inflicted pressure that musicians <laughs> we put on ourselves, but you want to get people up and into yeah, the spirit yeah, of everything. Exactly. You want to get them going. So when they can't, yeah, you know, yeah. like they're not allowed. To, no one's allowed. To, you know, it's like it's like Soviet Russia. Everyone yeah. sit <laughs> sit back down, sit back in your chair. Um, nobody's allowed to kind of get involved in that kind of atmosphere. You've just to kind of, um, I suppose, just focus on your own performance. Yeah. And in some ways, that was quite good. But in, it, it's always nice, and I think any musician would agree. It's always nice to have that crescendo and have everybody, yeah, yeah, enjoying like just it. enjoying the energy because yeah. that, that's the thing. It's um, music's like a thing that's meant to be shared, right? Like, yeah, music yeah. was never invented to withhold in yourself and just no. keep yourself for your, your your life. You know what I mean? But uh, absolutely, yeah. We'll get right into it, mate. Uh, yeah. So the first question I always ask people I talk to that are in music and that is a bit about their early life, where they grew up. And what was the first experience of music that they came across that inspired them to take it up as a passion slash career, I suppose? So I'm kind of... There wasn't really, a, a, I suppose, a properly defining moment because I I, uh, I started when I was like maybe six or seven years old. My mum made me go and take piano lessons. Yeah. And I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly hated it. Do you think that's just because it was something that you were instructed to do rather than it being your own free choice? Could have been. Yeah. Could have been that. Um 
and you're also really young at the time so I suppose in that in that sense I didn't really sort of like understand the relevance of it mm-hmm. you know like saying maybe it's being a kid you were just kind of made to go do something and I, and, I, and I had the nicest old lady um Gladys Farker I think her name was nicest teacher she was like she'd give you know take you in you know get like a, a chocolate biscuit or something like that and then you sit down and she had this grand piano uh, she, she stayed in like a little house up from Dr. Gray's mm-hmm. and uh, had a grand piano and it was I mean now as someone who can appreciate that I'd be like oh my god yeah I love it yeah, yeah when I was a kid I couldn't have cared less um, and when it, when it came to times to stop that uh, I never really kind of up from there mm-hmm. but then I would say probably when I got to secondary school that was like that was really the bit that you know when you you took music I was like hang on I used to do this and then it kind of came a little bit back to me and then I picked up guitar relatively I wouldn't say easily but like I spent a lot of time yeah like trying to get um get good on guitar get, get good at, at what I could do and then just from there I, I just kept that I, I kept that going and I'm trying to think when I, if there's like when my live first live music performance. Cause I don't think I I don't think I ever watched live music really until I was even again in my late teens. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the Eagles live. I think that was my one of my first concerts in uh, in Hamden in, in Glasgow, and that was that was something else. Yeah, that, that must was, have been that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was absolutely amazing. Because obviously, yeah. like you've got the the standing area as well, right? Because obviously, it's usually mm. like a sports ground, whereas like there's obviously the the capacity of the seats plus mm. the standing area. Yeah, and we've said a couple of times on here before. I think to properly exp- like, I remember going to like one of my first concerts and mm. looking at people in the seats and going, "Why, why are we not there? That looks way more comfortable." Yeah. But then after it, like even like the the, the stuff that sucks, like the cramp in that after in the hotel <laughs> room and getting up at like three in the morning, walking out like a headless chicken for five minutes. Oh yeah, that's all part of the experience Completely. of going to a gig oh totally yeah and it's stuff that leaves like imprinted memories on your mm. mind which i think is probably the most powerful thing that you can get out of live music right i, I think so yeah i, I mean <laughs> my dad was the unfortunate guy who was in the seats because th- when we went there there was always this there's this woman who'd been to see that uh she had a young kid with her as well and she'd went to see them in like five different countries just for yeah. them to follow them on tour for like a brief stint of it as well and she'd get up and stand up and be like Woo. <laughs> yeah. giving it beans and my dad's like five, five foot two or something yeah. he's, a short, he's a shorter guy so he's like fucks so every time this woman would get to stand up he was just in his way um, so just going off, off at the side it's like probably quite a funny thing um, and people people who maybe know me from school would know that but I don't have a, like a cool like musician that got me into playing guitar mm-hmm. like my the musician that got me into playing guitar was james blunt yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i would say like i don't know what that, that I'd, I'd actually you know what in reference to your question before like that was a moment that kind of made you think like oh, i thought that was quite cool mm-hmm. i liked i liked the acoustic and i liked how he played his songs and it was just relatively simple do you think like because you mentioned secondary school which seems to be like mm-hmm. quite a common theme with the people mm-hmm. that i've spoke to before uh and it almost feels like you get to an age in high school, right? So you're entering your teenage years of where you're obviously approaching becoming an adult. Yeah. And you're starting to kind of think, not more freely, because I don't want to make it sound like, you know, that you're conditioned or something from a young yeah, age yeah. not to express yourself. But, mm-hmm. like, freedom of expression and freedom of thinking and, like, people's individuality kind of yeah. starts to arise from that kind of years. It does, yeah. You, you start, well, even even in terms of just once you get there, you get more creative subjects, yeah, so exactly. naturally people are going to gravitate towards different creative, 
creative fields. So I, th- I think that's that's probably true. I would say, um, and yeah, just like you, there's just some guys who that's just what they gravitate towards. And mm-hmm. I think that was definitely that was always something that I like. I just had an, a passion and enjoyment for. Um, we we always someone that um made a decision and you knew that that was what you were going to go through with. No, no, that was it. So. I suppose in a sense we're talking about precondition like I was kind of always taught like getting a job and, and yeah. making a lot of money was the sort of that's the thing that's what you should do that's mm-hmm. what everybody should strive to do um it's the responsible thing to do the responsible right? thing to do that's it yeah that's that's what you should do and and I think like because I had that kind of way of thinking sort of put into the back of my head I sort of like oh well you know Music's nice, but I can never really make a job out of mm-hmm. it. Or I can never really do that. You know that that that's just probably not going to be on the cards for me. Um, so I kind of went for a more technical um, side to things, and I like I did everything. I, I left school in fifth at the end of fifth year, got good hires, went to college, did college for a couple of years, and got a job working in oil and gas, um, for um, doing like electro electronics, um, did that for. So got there, got offshore, which to, to some people, like, they think, like, that's, that's, the, you've made it right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great, that's the dream done. And I, I did this job, I started this job, um, and I think even once I had, like, a few trips under my belt, I was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. I, like, and it wasn't that I didn't like the, I liked the, I liked the, I could deal with the job being just on land, but it was like, I had to go away, and I couldn't, and they couldn't plan yeah. anything. I was, like, the guy that worked Monday to Friday, but if they need you, then you have to mm-hmm. go away kind of thing. Um, I'd imagine that's quite claustrophobic as well, obviously much. being in an oil rig, whereas I don't want to make it uh, sound cynical, but if you're a job on land and like it doesn't go well, you can just leave. Yeah, that's, it. Yeah, that, that's it. yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you when when you're out, I mean, sometimes, I would say it wasn't always, he- it wasn't, really wasn't always hectic, but sometimes you would go away and it was to fix something and there was a big, like there was a time limit on like because mm-hmm. they needed to have... Um, a bit of equipment like ready to go for for you know sometimes like a million pound worth of, yeah. of a job to run so no pressure yeah exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you would go you would just go out and um you know get it done yeah the thing was i i, I never i couldn't really preach to the choir because everybody out there like they don't they don't all want to be out there yeah, you know exactly. they're, they're all mm-hmm. there because it's their job so i don't want to be out there going oh this is shit you know i yeah. don't want to be here it's kind of like that. Uh, I don't want to say chasing money because I don't want to m- make it sound like any money's the. But like, obviously, you need money to survive. Yeah, right? yeah, that's yeah, just like a fact of life in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always, I've, I'm going to bring this up again. I've, I've literally said this in every episode. But um, I'm quite a big Dave Grohl fan. Yeah, and, and he was uh, talking about um, people should do music, whether they're good at it, is should be out of the question. Like if they suck as a band, like suck I together. That, I love that statement in the, yeah. the garage and. Uh, I've always kind of resonated with that and a mm. lot of the people that I've spoke to have uh, left the job or you know decided to put it to a side to pursue music and mm. I, I really do respect that because mm. not a lot of people will take risks yeah. in their life and not saying that's down to them I think like we've just talked about the whole kind of you know for lack of a better word conditioning yeah like, totally like uh, I was someone that like left school pretty per- prematurely because mm. you know I was a bit misbehaved as a child but mm-hmm. uh you know, there was other things there as well, but I remember going to like a an a employability thing at the council. All right, okay. And uh, I would meet with um, oh, I can't remember the official title, but it was someone at the council that helped young people get into work and that. Okay. And they were asking what I was interested in in that, and 
during my time away from school, I'd got quite into like stuff like flip books and animation and stuff like that. Okay, sweet. And uh, that's what I'd kind of tunnel vision myself as that's what I'm going to do because right. it's, I think once you do, I've said this a lot of times, but once you uh, put some your mind to something, especially as a young person mm. and get success or see like uh, growth in what you're doing from mm. it, yeah, you'll never beat that euphoria again, yeah. I don't think. So I think that's why the first creativity, uh, creative thing that you pick up is mm. the thing that you're most likely to oh, pursue. I think so, yeah. But they they were all kind of the, the mindset of like, well, you know, mm. that, that's pretty hard. Which I'm not saying that they're not within the rights to say that. I'm not saying they should be like, oh, yeah, no, actually, let's just put all this money into you and you do that for some of it. Mm. But I think the kind of discouragement away from it is also quite a negative thing, especially so. for like a lot of people's, like, you know, mental health, something that's been talked about totally. the, yeah. uh, the last couple of years. And obviously you don't want to just like down someone's hopes and dreams, especially if they put effort into it, right? Mm. Like... Um, so yeah, uh, I wanted to talk to you about your uh, uh, singles that are available on Spotify. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a listen to them on repeat uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, awesome. and I was reading in your um, Spotify bio that you, you've got a, a big kind of belief in the kind of storytelling behind music yeah, and very, songs and very stuff. Much so yeah, and uh, I wanted to kind of ask you how the uh, NYC mm-hmm. and Picture, I believe, are the the single That's names. The two, yeah. Uh, came about and how what work went into them and then uh, I'll ask you the other question that I've got after that <laughs> so I'll start with NYC then because that, the, that was the first one that I released um, and I said I write with a guy called Barry Moyer who was a guy that I met again high school same thing he was another guy that just we just clicked mm-hmm. with like being able to write things for whatever reason don't know why but that it was he was I mean it's funny if we could go back and kind of read some of the things that he would write at the time it was proper angsty emo yeah. you know <laughs> teenage ca- teenage kind of vibe things and some stuff i look at it now and i'm thinking oh, i could not make it that. <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, it was complete downer but i mean obviously he's grown and 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 things like that so really it's, it's um that was actually a, i obviously write on my own but nyc was a, a, a lyric that i got from barry and actually to be fair like a lot of the music came from him too um and it was just him. He was describing his just his love for that for the city in New York. Yeah, he'd, he'd been there, and that just automatically became his favorite place. And I, I didn't get it. I was like, Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's a city. Sure, looks like any other kind of city. Um, but he loved he loved New York, and he and, and he just he describes it in just kind of the best kind of terms of it. it's like the lowest lows and the highest highs, highs, highs. and just. A great place where you can just there's honestly so much you could do. Yeah, you, it's you, the, well, it's a city that never sleeps, right? That's, that's it. What yeah, it's I mean, yeah, you really just can't you can't imagine how. I, I think I, I, I think it's whenever you go to any kind of city, I suppose there's that kind of it's hard to imagine having um, sort of the, just the, the comparisons. It almost kind of flips, and you can see like I wanted to say poverty, but yeah, but poverty mm-hmm. in some areas and poor areas and bad areas, and then you have just this immense wealth. Yeah. It's in the same thing there too, and then of course it's it's it, I I think I was thinking on the way over here like a lot of things are kind of snakes and ladders really yeah. like even kind of cities and things like that. So New York in that sense like it's just people that are just that's their world yeah and mm-hmm. that's it. But he just loved the experience of everything that you could do there. So really, as much as I would say that song for me is is you know I've got my name kind to it. It's really his kind of brainchild. Mm-hmm. I, I did go there myself a few years ago, and I kind of I understood. I, yeah, okay, yeah, I got yeah. I got what he was talking about. You kind of the mentality. Like, I'm going into this, and I'm not going to agree to him. And then you were just kind of feeling yourself maybe Compl- kind of sli- oh, sliding com- towards com- it completely because it, it became. Uh, 
we, we did a little tour, a little, well, not a little tour, just a little kind of holiday in America. We went to New York, um, New Jersey, uh, Nashville, San Francisco, and San Antonio in Texas. Damn. So That's a very versatile so range a pretty of places. big range <laughs> of places. And I'd say probably our favorite place was, was New York. Mm-hmm. Because, again, there was just so much that you could do. I mean, it, 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 even when... Uh, we got there. It was a. Uh, it was such a weird um, setup. We we went to. I bought a phone from. I know I'm totally going complete off story, <laughs> but I bought a, I bought a phone from the car phone warehouse that was supposed to be a SIM free phone. Right. Mm-hmm. So fine, great. Get to America. I'll get a SIM. Laughing. Fine. Didn't work. Oh. Took it to a T-Mobile. SIM card didn't work. So, shit, Christ. So then we went to a Dunkin' Donuts just to get <laughs> our bear, just to get our bearings because. Yeah. Proper nineties film kind of setting, oh, right? Yeah, there. yeah, totally. So we're in this Dunkin' Donuts, right? And uh, we're we're sitting by the door. So if you imagine the door is maybe behind you, and this guy came in, right? And he was he was a homeless guy, and he asked he asked my girlfriend Jen. He was like, you know, any chance I could get some money so I could get something to eat? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we just been off like we've been up for like 12, 14 or fourteen hours or so, like from the flight and everything like that. And I thought he was asking. Um, could could uh, you possibly like uh, go up and get me something to eat? Yeah, hmm. and I was like, and I, <laughs> just total confusion. I'm like, no, mate, you just got it yourself. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, am I speaking English? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. can I get something to eat? And then it kicked off between the guy who was working behind the counter and this homeless oh. guy, and he was, you know, and he was telling him, you know, get out, you know, and mm-hmm. then. They, Proper almost came to an altercation. Like the guy who was almost pretended he was he had a, a gut well, a gun yeah. or a knife <laughs> or whatever. And then he snatched at the a bag that we had on the table, but it, he thought it was his bag, mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. So we had this kind of weird altercation yeah. to start our travels to meet, and then this guy <laughs> behind just goes, Welcome to New York. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just like a regular day occurrence there, oh, right? Completely. Like from what I, I get from the Amsha, I've never been myself, obviously, but mm. uh from like seeing it in, in films and documentaries and even like YouTube videos, you know, oh, yeah. so you go down a rabbit hole on YouTube sometimes like 10 and I, like I might move to New York or I mean, obviously it's a bit impossible now, but, um, I'll never say never. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Maybe in 2025 or something. Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and they were talking about how like the kind of, it's like one of the homes of multiculturalism, in New York, right? Like Very there's neighborhoods so. from, um, emigration and stuff like uh, Ireland's a big one. Uh, I think there's like a, a Russian community and, uh, Chinese and, yeah. you know, it's, it's all in, like you said, like it's like three islands, right? There's like Long Island, Manhattan, all, the, all these different kind of, yeah. uh, lands of mass around the water and all that. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like, uh, kind of people's demeanor is it's always been very confrontational and it, it will like spark very quickly if yeah. something comes from it so I'm um, uh, not too surprised to hear that to be honest no. but uh, the vibe that I got from the, the song personally is it, it sounded like um, something you'd expect in like someone going to New York for the first time in like the movies and you know how like they have like yeah. the skyscrapers about and there's like that's people in a taxi and all yeah. that you know that's that, that and that was really it because it was from his first time of going there mm-hmm. and just just being in complete awe of that kind of city you know, which, so he's, so uh, even then, the first day when we were in New York, I'm kind of there thinking, like, what the fuck is he talking <laughs> about? What is he talking about, honestly? Like, you know, because we just had this, you know, f- this flight, phone doesn't work, people starting fights and things like that, <laughs> you know, um, getting used to the subway system and, and, and all all that kind of jazz. But once we got there for a few days and, like, really got to, to, to get around, we only were on Manhattan, 
but you could you could be there for, you could be there for so long yeah, yeah, yeah. and you wouldn't see everything um uh i i, I really got it you know when going around we didn't do the touristy things yeah didn't do, didn't do the things because that stuff just doesn't really appeal to me like mm-hmm. go, you know go up the empire state or you know just doing just doing what everybody else yeah, does. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't feel like you actually really take in like what it's about yeah, yeah. you know so we you know you go to kind of the i would say the weird well maybe the weird and wonderful you go to kind of the more the less kind of yeah touristy things and i think you'll you'll pick up so much more from a city in in, in that way i think um, it's also because we live in quite a Obviously not to the extent of New York, but we live in quite a touristy place ourselves. Do, like if yeah. you go to Culloden Battlefield, like oh, yeah, you'll yeah. you'll be lucky to meet a local. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, obviously, completely. but that's what it's there for. Obviously, yeah, at totally, the end of the day. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of what puts us off, like because like we're kind of seeing tourists all the time up here and that. Course, you know, yeah. But um, yeah, it almost kind of sounded like I hope you don't mind me saying it almost kind of sounded like something that like a, a quite a softer version I'd expect out of Green Day. Yeah, do you know what? That's a fair point. Yeah, I could see it. Well, originally the version that I got, I got because he would send me demo tapes, mm-hmm. right? And they would usually come with like very overly distorted guitars and yeah. just kind of mashed together with a little drum machine or something. But it was enough. It's enough to kind of get there. And I just kind of tried to find the balance of like making it a ballad, but not, but still keeping it kind of punky, which is mm-hmm. how he had it kind of originally. So it, that's probably how it kind of ended up mirror having a Green Day-esque sound. Yeah. Because obviously they do kind of a lot, well, more so now they seem to do like loads of ballady type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see that in terms of sound and things like that. And then I had to get my own little touches with like piano and guitar harmonies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was the song for me, which is in terms of when lockdown happened and I kind of got these ro- recordings together, that was the one that was like proper dipping the toe in the water, and you'll probably know more about like know a bit about this yourself, and probably having an audio engineer, yeah, <laughs> podcasts and everything like that. You know nothing about it, yeah, absolutely nothing about it. like what mixing, mastering, what what's the difference between any yeah, processes, yeah. and that was the one I I'd figured it all out because it's all changed now. Um, <laughs> I got down this little rabbit hole of um of how they make how they used to make stuff or, or how they did it before they'd have what's called dynamics and you know what mm-hmm. that means um so they would let songs have their own dynamics so own natural loudness and quieter points and it would all be just kind of brought up to have like a peak hit at a certain yeah. level because obviously at the time when they had you know older kind of record players and 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 speakers they don't want to to create a record that's mm-hmm. going to blow someone's speaker so they have to keep things at a certain level and then as technology and things got better, CDs and things like that, and when they looked to remaster CDs, they just, they realised that they could just, just bring the level up on everything. So yeah. everything was really compressed and brought up. So, but it had no natural dynamics. And now Spotify and YouTube and all the other kind of streaming places that there are now want to go back to having things with dynamics because then essentially they get to control yeah. the volume levels and mm-hmm. things like that. So, if, you know, I was like, I think I was about to release that as I just went through that article yeah. and found I was like, okay, so I've made this song far too loud. <laughs> it's going to yeah, get turned yeah. down on all the streaming sites. It's like, what did I do? Yeah. You know, <laughs> kind of thing like that. Um, but then, you know, it, it, it all sounded okay and it sounded fine. It was, it, I, I'm always immensely critical of the things I yeah, I think same. that's I think that's the thing that's been half the problem with me getting music out is I'm always, I'm always th- thinking too much about, oh, you know, does that sound right? Or, you know, you're, you're, but you're, are you your own biggest critic? Absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, 
probably the things that I'm critical about. People are like, what are you even talking about? Just, you know, yeah, I, know yeah. I know Barry is one of those guys. He's like, just get out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, but I've got to make sure, you know, I've got to make sure it's all sounding, all sounding perfect. You know, I've got to make, I've got to make sure I've got the CQ right, you know, and I'm bad for it, but I, I, it's, um, get, just getting that out there. I was like, okay, it's out there. Fine. It can only, if, if it's not good by my own standard, it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. And it got radio play, you know, and it got, you know, airtime, some airtime on, on Rapal, who's up the, obviously in the, on the Western mm-hmm. side of things, but she's really good at like playing, I think a lot of like newer music from kind of this area yeah. as well. So I was like, well, it can't be too bad if yeah. they're playing it on the radio, you know. So. Good to have those avenues as well though, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like, um, uh, I had uh, Cameron Simpson on a couple months oh, ago, yeah, no, uh, and we were talking about um, he was in a band called The Suede, and I actually remember this at the time they'd mm. uh, released a single because he brought uh, a box of t-shirts and actually with the van cover oh, on brilliant. them and stuff like that. And uh, I think it was I can't remember if it was America or Australia, but it was one of the two had right. played it on a radio station over there, That's and that cool. kind of blew my mind because yeah, um, not to say that I don't think anyone from Murray can be successful with music. Of course, mm. I think I think. Like I said to uh, my musician I had in recently, I think the music scene in Murray is probably one of the biggest things that the area has going for it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that, that kind of blew my mind that it was like the half uh, other side of the world was playing like music from, you know, here. Oh, totally, yeah. I, I, I think it's it's such an insane avenue that you can get things from here. Also, if, if I'm not mistaken, Cameron's got a heavier yeah. type of sound, mm-hmm. which is anyone who's got that kind of sound is always going to get... Airplay and um, you know, and and you know, the kind of the further you think more like Amsterdam, Australia, mm. maybe South um, South Africa and Japan, and like there's avenues for that type yeah. of music all they've, over the world. They've got good uh, metal demographics, I think it's definitely fair to say. yeah, t- totally yeah, for sure. And that's that tends to be these kind of countries that you know it's not. We have a scene for it in the UK, but it's nowhere near as yeah. big as the scenes in like Germany or or other places would do for for that kind of heavy metal kind of sound. Do you think that maybe has like a reflection on culture at all? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. And you've also to think of um, probably just the origins of heavy metal yeah. too. You know, it's it's always going to kind of go to these places. Um, so yeah, I as, as far as that song goes, that, that was that was just a, it was a great way to get started, and it was a great way to just get kind of dip my toe in the water of getting music out there and 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 doing it. What was quite cool was the video that I made for it. I managed to uh, get. I managed to make a collage of every, of like people who were on my page as photos oh, from people nice. people who'd been to New York. Um, I thought that'd be quite good, and it was quite a nice way to just kind of say thank you to the people who you know had yeah. been watching my live streams totally and man. stuff like that, and then kind of got them a little bit more kind of involved. But <laughs> it also went against me at one point because I, I put this post up looking for photos, right? You know, saying have you been there? Anything you could send me would be absolutely great. I'll try and use as much as I can. And then I got this one woman who must have posted about forty photos on the comment on the comment thread of the Facebook yeah, post, yeah. and I'm just getting ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm going, I'm like, Facebook compresses, yeah, every photo. Oh, so yeah. I can't, I, just, I can't, I can't use any of these, you know. Um, but no, it it was really good, and I got such a, a good response and such a good a good amount of content from people. And actually, a guy I met in New York as well. I was on the. I was almost on the verge of releasing the video, and then I got this guy's photos, and he's, you know, he, he actually, I think at the end of the video, he he um, he showed the the lockdown 
when mm. people were in their apartments banging on pans. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like the maybe, stuff they were doing in Italy and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, as well, yeah. So yeah. He, he managed to catch that, like, a bit. So I managed to get that in the video. But some of his photos and his shots were absolutely insane. He was catching New York, like, in the winter time where snow yeah, yeah, was yeah. every It was all over the place. And he just had such, such you know, the stuff that we would... Because a lot of the people that would have given me photos that would have been probably fans that would have been in, in, in Scotland got like a lot more of the kind of common places you would see like more of the touristy type stuff mm-hmm. you know so but it was good though because i got like all the i got like some great water f- pictures i got some photos of people on the bridges and then all the and all the places that you kind of want that you'd associate yeah. new york stuff with like the hudson river and all that yeah all that kind of th- all those kind of things but then when the guy who lived there sent me his stuff he kind of managed to simulate the weird and wonderful graffiti yeah. and all these different like these different bits which which just like I, I needed to put that into because that's you know that someone who's from New York will know that yeah yeah you know so so someone who's not from New York will appreciate the the, the big kind yeah of, the, the, the uh, kind of uh, authenticity yeah of your uh, intentions behind it yeah I th- that's what I tried to sort of get get with that um, and yeah no that that, that was that was uh, I was fun putting that together it was, it was really good um, and yeah that's like I said I got a rel- relatively good feedback from that song. Uh, uh, I need to. I need to get out and get playing these songs. You get me thinking about. It. I need to get yeah. out and playing. I want to just get more kind of originals nights and things like that where I'm just playing my mm. own songs. I love playing covers because I love doing that. I love getting the crowd. Yeah, so you drop a Michael Jackson, Billy Jean recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the first song I ever learned on a loop pedal. Oh, really? You know, um, it's one of the few ones that I, I tend to make most of my stuff live mm. when I'm there. Um, but when I started, obviously, I, sometimes you. My confidence with using the loop pedal would have been, you know, no, nowhere near what it is now. So I thought, right, okay, I better make sure I've got something like pre-recorded because it was just slight things I call slight complexities. You know, like now I can still do that live. Back then was like, yeah. oh, oh my god, you know, can't do that. So I had stuff pre-recorded, and then when I just played it back, I thought this sounds terrible, mm-hmm. like compared to just what I can just make on the spot. So I thought, right, well, let's just see if I can do it, and then. Well, managed to figure it out and then just got that going and, and it, it, it's strange how things evolve and then you manage to find you that surprise way. yourself with uh, what you can actually do what you think you can't yeah like, completely i used to come into these and i have like two pages of questions because like yeah. i need to make this fit in and make it over an hour or whatnot and then i would i'd look back at some episodes um and i'd be like oh man that was pathetic but i think a lot of that is really in your own head like, like you said mm. with being like your own worst critic in that I think oh yeah the, this, the type of lenses that you put on whilst viewing your own work is very mm. um, critical when a lot mm. of people that uh, follow you and support you and all that are not really looking at it like that. Do no, you know? not at all. Like, I, I, For example, you saw me playing in, in Fordish yesterday. I, I personally thought that wasn't a great gig. Mm. From uh, Not in terms of like the people in the crowd and everything yeah. that were there. I just feel in terms of my performance wasn't as good as it could have been. Right, you know, I felt I had like a few mistakes, you know, probably like a handful of mistakes. That mm. I'm thinking like, you know, it's not the best. You know, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's not as good as it could have been, you know. But people were happy, so you know I, I'm happy. But I feel like I could yeah. have done better. But I think we all kind of have our own ego in a way, in the sense of uh, it seems just to be part of the human makeup of mm-hmm. uh, we have to kind of realize that learning is how we grow, right? Yeah, but completely. We, at the same time, we never want to be in that situation of where we think oh, I could, you know. I've done that, you know, we are saying that, but yeah. we try to stay away from that as much as possible, mm-hmm. but we always find ourselves viewing ourselves as if we're there anyway. Of course. 
it's just finding that balance because as a musician, you don't want to be the kind of person that thinks, oh, well, everything I did was fantastic. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. because someone will call you out oh, on yeah, it. Oh, yeah, 100%, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And there's nothing worse than being alongside yeah. another musician who thinks that they've played something spot on mm-hmm. and um, done things completely wrong. Like I, I, I've met a guitarist before who's played solos perfect, mm-hmm. completely in the wrong key. Yeah, yeah. But, so per- like perfect in terms of like the notes and things mm-hmm. like that, but like... It was just you know down down a key from what we we were actually playing it in, yeah you know um and you know it it it's sometimes it's a it's a tricky one to because you don't want to be and again it's like you say you don't want to kill creativity yeah, kill exactly. kill kind of what people are doing but you also need to be able to kind of okay you know maybe yeah, yeah take it off a couple and you be good yeah that will be, be all right um so yeah um. I suppose onto the sort of the next song, I would say picture. I I got from it. Uh, if if NYC was over here, mm-hmm. pictures on the other yeah. end of the spectrum, bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. It from what I took of it, and this is obviously just as an outsider looking in. Mm. Um. And obviously, music I think is a quite subjective thing anyway. Completely. So, uh, I always kind of uh i'm hesitant. Like, should I say this about a song? Because they might oh, just go, go. That's nothing. What it's about. But oh, go for it. Yeah. Uh, it it seemed to me that it it was about getting over bereavement or yeah. a bereavement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was, it was probably, yeah, it was, I think it was sort of, it was written, um, by my grandfather. Mm. Um, he, he lost my grandmother and then he was, and he passed like about a year after that. But it was, it was a strange, it was, it was me sometimes like when you, you write things, you sort of try to get in the head of someone else and sort of imagine what they're thinking about and how they are, um, and I think that it was kind of it was partially a song of me just thinking myself, obviously losing the two of them, but then him mm. probably what he would have been thinking losing his, his wife of, of such a long time, um, and that was that was really what kind of that was really what kind of that sparked that one, and that was one that just just didn't t- didn't take me a long time to to, to pen together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and some I, lo- I, I, I love when you get a song like that, even if it's not necessarily about the nicest. Like yeah, the, the nicest kind of subject matter. When you sit with something and you're like, oh my god, you need to keep you know, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out that one. Just that one just came. That yeah. one just was just. I can tell it, it's yeah. powerful stuff to you, even mm. with the way that you're speaking about yeah. it just now. And yeah. I, you know, it it shows through mm. the song. Do you know, yeah. it's a it's a very eerie. Uh, mm. I don't know if I'm using the right word there. No, but I think that's fair. Yeah, for sure. Um, I tried to keep it very simple as well. Like you know, it's it's uh. And I, I I didn't really delve too much into like I, I wouldn't see even the kind of the press releases and none of the stuff that I did when I sent to the radio stations I didn't kind of really go into that because sometimes it's not necessarily something yeah. you want to bring up on you know in an interview or you want people or you want them to say well this is what the song's really about but that's that was it so you know I kind of just sort of I, I think when I sort of penned what it was supposed to be about I just kind of said it was more uh you know a song about love and loss and, yeah. and things you know just just that kind of uh, that kind of idea. But yeah, it was it was yeah, complete on the other side of the spectrum, and that for me was one that I. If NYC was easy to record, that was probably the, the hardest, one, one of the yeah. toughest ones to record, mm-hmm. even in terms of instrumentally, because any musician will tell you as well, when you sit down to record a song, that's when you really know what you've you yeah. actually have to really think about what you've you've kind of written. So you think about little melody lines, lyrics, or in my case for this one was the actual acoustic parts. 
I had no, like I had a rough idea of what I was playing, but then I when I had to sit down and actually record it in parts, I was like, right, I need to actually have a this is what it's going to be yeah. and actually make a finalized decision. And then I threw like harmony guitars and different things on it too, just to make things even more complicated. And you'd be laughing seeing me in the in the in the booth with my acoustic, you know, <laughs> figuring melody lines out, and I'm, and it's the most uncomfortable chair to sit yeah. on. And when you record acoustics, you've got I do it with microphones. Yeah. So you're often sitting in a really awkward thing to make yeah, sure yeah, you yeah. get the right things lined up. I've got a ruler when I record acoustics. <laughs> I've got a ruler to, to make sure the space because if it's if if the, the mics are out of out of phase, everything can get like yeah, totally messed totally, up. Man. So um it was uh it was for as easy as a song as it came to, <laughs> to write down, it was a very difficult song to record. Yeah, for sure. Um I definitely find when because when I went to live music, um maybe at the pub or, mm. or something like that because that's what I think one of the good things about this area is is like mm. local pubs and that always have live music and stuff like that yeah. nowadays mm-hmm. and I think that's a like a, a very good thing to get people exposure and just yeah. to get their name out there you know 100% um, yeah. but I, I would remember I would see all the, the, the wires and stuff taped down I would never get it I was like why is someone being hired to do this but now from doing it myself and kind of seeing oh, yeah. like, I've got to feel like if I had the budget I'd probably try to oh, get yeah. someone to do that myself now you know oh completely yeah <laughs> setting up and taking stuff down is the worst yeah and it, it, it's absolutely and it, it as a musician what you'll find what I, I think what everyone will have found is that you start with wanting to get the biggest speakers you know um, you know the most equipment the most pedals and yeah. whatever you can to your gig and and then eventually however many pubs you take that to and you have to lug it up an awkward set of steps or whatever take it down (laughs) eventually you just it just it just beats you down Down, until you're at the point right right i just need something really convenient to do that and and that's that's what that's what that's what i've you know everybody tends to go for now that's why myself is just i played in the botanic house in inverness really cool venue a couple of weeks ago um and i (laughs) there was a band uh, that was playing after me i think Bohemian Monk Machine, maybe was their name. I, I could be wrong, um, but they, you know, full on funk band, you know, trombone, everything, and guy with pedals and getting amps delivered and all this. And there's me with my pedal board, yeah, my acoustic, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you a bit about gigging because yeah, f- uh, even though this is probably the first time that we've met in terms of having a conversation, <laughs> I have have seen you previously. Yeah. Um. Because. When I started the podcast, I knew that I wanted to do, um, obviously we do like lots of topics and speak to loads of people and stuff, but mm. I wanted to solely focus on something that the area is known for. And right. When I used to go out um, like at the weekend and stuff like that as a, mm. a youngster. As a young um, lad. <laughs> uh, I would notice that like there was a different musician on every weekend mm-hmm. and it would it would not just be like the pub that I was going to, it would mm. be every single pub in the town and yeah. the, in the town. And I just knew that everyone you know, was doing really well for themselves and there was a really versatile range of music. Like, it wasn't mm. just specified uh, to one. Like, uh, I spoke to um, a musician who's a, a folk musician the other right. day and, uh, uh, you know, it just kind of blows my mind, like, the different uh, styles. Uh, no, it's all right. Um, uh, like, you know, New Mode, I mentioned them. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bad Actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just total different kind of branches out on, on oh, totally. what we have, you know. Oh, completely, yeah. I just think that's 
incredibly powerful for the area and I think it's good for morale as well especially the times that we've been through the last 18 months so. kind of coming back out of the darkness if you will mm. but um, I remember the first time I seen you was at a, a beach bar mate rest in peace uh, 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 you know, do you know something I was the last person that should have played the, oh. I was booked on the day <laughs> I was booked to play on the day that it burned out Down. so if you think like that's you know that's a fair effort to go to make sure I don't come and play <laughs> at your venue you know <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> there's there's been lots of speculations of why that the place burnt but down. That's that's obviously you know they're like oh good, that guy's coming again. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, I remember seeing you at an open mic, and that I think that's something that I haven't really seen in a while. I'm, maybe I've just not been in the red. Uh, oh, that that reminds me. It wouldn't have been red shoes, no. But it was something else though. Phoenix Knights, I think. Yeah. Phoenix. That sounds like sounds like it probably that was what it was. And I I, I remember you. I remember you because of the hat. Because I remember you always wore the same style of yeah, hat, yeah. and you walked up with acoustic guitar, yeah. and I just like you know everyone had uh, been playing their instruments up until then. And I think was it somebody to love or something? I think yeah, you sang. Yeah. And I remember just like I just kind of remember like whoa, like, like I remember like it, it it gathered people through to the hall. Yeah. And like I'd never seen anything like that before, especially locally. You know, it's like mm. something that, like they tell you happens in films. You yeah. know, like and I just. When I was thinking about who we could have on, obviously, like a you know a new Cameron from before, and yeah. um, I've reached out to people and that, but that was like the first kind of thing that flashed in front oh, of my fantastic. eyes. Fantastic, yeah. And I was like, uh, I, actually, uh, uh, we'll, we'll speak about this a bit later on. Yeah. I've got a, a topic about um, maybe outside of music and that, but I know yeah. that you yeah, train at SBG Murray and, and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, there's a guy that trains there as well. Um, do you know Lee Stewart? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, like I know him, so yeah. I was just I was just like uh, like messaging, you know, just to like if I've got the right person, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I remembered the name, yeah, and then I was like, it could be the right, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah, and it yeah. just kind of all got fuzzled up in my head. But we're here, and it's all it's all good, clarified. Yeah, yeah. That's it. What what was it like for you when live music shut down? <sighs> it would it, it was a, a bit of disbelief, I'd probably say it was and sort of to keep me going I, I think I kind of I kind of was like you know okay I'll pr- I never I don't suppose it really got to me like because I, I understood it was just like the whole world yeah everything gets yeah. shut down so I was like I've done nothing special about me you know everybody's mm-hmm. had to, to do the same thing um and I kind of I thought like what I'd keep going is I'm, I'm I, when the first lockdown happened I was thinking it probably won't be until like October November yeah. time before we're back at it mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think you know so I was I was putting a, a decent bit of time yeah. on before I thought anything was even going to remotely happen. Um, and it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was a strange one for me because I've got a song that will be coming out. That's, that's, it's kind of aimed it towards the introverts of lockdown who actually didn't hate it that bad. Um, but for me, it kind of allowed me to be, and it's a term that I sort of would use loosely, but kind of a bit of a bedroom musician. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, that's just all I'd focus. Gigging was really all I really focused on for a long time. At the time when lockdown happened, I was kind of in quite early stages of building my own page and trying to have a bit more of a social media kind of outreach than I usually would have done mm-hmm. beforehand. Because if you're good, li- the thing is to any musician, if you're good live, Facebook, YouTube, yeah. none of that matters. Mm-hmm. If you're good live, places want to book you. You can you can earn money. You can you can. You can do it. That's yeah. that's what it is. So work on being good live, and then the rest will come. The rest will come, yeah. come with it. Yeah, that's it. You know, I think there's a unique 
connection between physical live performance, mm. right? I think with the as we've seen with Zoom concerts, which yeah. I'll bring up in a second, uh, there's almost like a firewall in between, you know, the, the performer and obviously the audience. Yeah. Like I, I watched a few of them and I'd seen that you'd done a couple yourself from mm. uh, scrolling through your page the other day. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've got to admit, I found them quite alien. And mm. I, I, it's weird because it's not like people haven't done that before in terms of like a YouTube video is kind of like a, a Zoom concert. Of course, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think it was just because, you know, everyone was kind of in the same boat yeah. of like, Looking around and there's like no atmosphere because you're you're kind of mm. locked within the four walls of your of your own yeah. domain, you know. Yeah, I mean, that was really it. I mean, once the, once that that lockdown happened, I, I managed to just kind of turn my attention. Once I saw that people started doing it and started, you know, people people were tuning in because there was yeah. really like nothing else to do, nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, a few weeks after I got myself, I got myself a little set up and just went for it and and played and and got a relatively good response and that really helped kind of build my page which then kind of in turn I thought well I've got these songs that yeah. are sitting in the side I can get them recorded I can so I never really kind of stopped trying to push myself yeah. even though um I didn't have the live avenue anymore it must have been good for your own well-being as well right Perform- still performing in a way obviously it's not the exact same experience yeah. that you and I'm sure you're happy that everything's oh yeah, opened yeah. up now but for sure um, but definitely no yeah no you're absolutely right I mean when everybody says to me they're like oh you know thanks so much for doing your your lives you know it helped keep us going help doing that and i'm always saying back to people like to be honest it can help me going yeah. like you know because like i was kind of saying there the emphasis on being good live that just kept kept me plugging away at that like because if you don't do it you will be rusty yeah. and you know um i kind of you know you, you didn't know like what the the numbers were going to be like in a couple of months' time, if that was going to be, oh, okay, great, we're all good to go now. And then all of a sudden you're like, I've not played any of these songs in (laughs) in months, you know? So that was just a good, it was a good reason for me to to stay on the ball Mm -hmm. and stay kind of playing live. I have to say, though, as well, we're doing live streams. We were talking before about... um, being your own worst critic, yeah. Live streams are the absolute worst, worst. for you if you are <laughs> if you're critical of yourself, especially for me. If I make like a mistake in a loop pedal or something like that, I hear it and I yeah, hear it yeah. over and over again, and I'm like, must cause panic. And oh, panic's the worst thing you can feel. That's it, and and, and then <laughs> it's okay when you play live because you know if you make a mistake, but folk are up and enjoying themselves. Yeah, you know, it's I, almost I, like the the. Thunder of the crowd kind of oh that it, it masks it, it, out, it yeah. masks it yeah but when you're when you're there and you're just hearing it back <laughs> at you you're like that's wrong yeah. yeah that's wrong but I've started now so <laughs> was there any readjustment period like with anxiety to go back to live performing from everyone I've spoke to so far it seems like the the first gig is always the worst gig in terms of the first one they ever played and they they thought there might be like a readjustment period of like mm. feeling nervous before it again but there's just not been because it's almost like riding a bike in a way for me nerves before gigs has always been a bit of a strange one anyway mm. because i get nervous at, this, at, at gigs i've played countless times before mm-hmm. like and there's no reason for me to be nervous yeah. but i'll be nervous at that gig for whatever reason then places that are completely new to me um fine totally fine i i i it, it i've always kind of said to myself it's like that it's a anxious it's a, what's it like nerves and excitement's the same feeling so you know when you're nervous you're actually just quite excited yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to play you know so i think there's maybe a bit of nerves in terms of when we when we first went back to play in places that were had restrictions 
you were maybe thinking like, oh, how is this going to go down? Mm. You know, what can I do? What can I not do? I don't want to to do too much. At the same time, I don't want to go and kind of not really have any kind of impact whatsoever. You want to go and and be able to do a, a decent modicum of what you used to be able to do before. So, um, again, but I would say probably more like a you know an anticipation of like what it was going to be like. But no, I wouldn't say nerves for me because. It, it all getting back to gigs just happened like that, yeah. just happened so quickly. So, there almost it wasn't even time for yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't like it was no. like a built up thing, it was just no. not there one day and then here the next. Completely, and I yeah. suppose everyone was just kind of happy to be out of the rut that we've kind of all been in for the, the last 18 Com- months. Absolutely. I mean, I've said to people, like, obviously, I'm not in control of what happens or anything like that, and I'm no expert or whatever, so I'm not going to give my opinion on whether no. it should have been or not, but. My fear of it was the longer it went on, because I'm quite a person that um, needs routine. Like, I, I know mm. that if I don't put myself at my comfort zone, I will you take won't. up comfort very easily. <laughs> and I was like, path, the, of, path of least resistance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The longer this goes on, because the first two weeks I'm watching Netflix and I'm like eating crisps, and I'm someone that lost <laughs> quite a lot of weight a couple of years ago, right? Right. And uh, I, was, I was scared that I, obviously it's still on me, but mm. I, I knew that if I let this kind of, you know, start have a little decline, it'll nosedive very yeah. quickly. Mm. And that was kind of my concern of it going on and on and on, mm. just because what happens when it does get lifted? Yeah. Am I going to just be um, institutionalized in yeah, this way a of little, living? A you know, recluse, yeah, yeah, for sure. It, 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 it's, it was such a weird one, isn't it? I think and everybody everybody found their own things. It seemed to be one of two things. People either kind of managed to, or maybe in sort of in the middle, but people either sort of, went a little bit off the rails you know mm-hmm. with the, you know with things or maybe not keeping up with the routines or, or it went the other way where people yeah. maybe kind of got their at it was an excuse for them to get their at yeah, together turn themselves, yeah. yeah so it, it, it's, it's such a difficult one like and now i suppose this is where people find is like what happens now when it comes yeah. back you know can can you can we maintain the, the you know can we keep maintain getting rid of the bad habits yeah. we've maybe formed or can we maintain keeping the good ones, the ones that we've to got formed, too? Yeah. yeah for sure i mean I got in terms of my sort of physical thing. I, I got quite lucky because lockdown happened after I got my knee popped at a competition. <laughs> so that had been bugging me for for a long time. And then when obviously that happened, no exercise, no training. So it, it got the rest it needed. Yeah, so yeah. you know, I was I, I it actually kind of helped me out a bit more. And then I got into doing a bit more kind of exercise and trying to fix my diet a bit. Although having said that, if you look at my page and see the cocktail nights, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> I, I do enjoy myself at the same time, you know. Um, but yeah, I think like one song that I'm going to have coming out soon um, is called uh, Ready to Go Back. Uh, and that's going to be um, coming out hopefully pretty, pretty soon. And it's one that I sort of kind of touching on that topic of like people who, who find things that they probably that they will probably like incorporate into their life, or that are things that they just they, lockdown didn't really change a lot of things yeah. for them, and they were just quite happy being in their own space. And mm-hmm. you know, um, I know a lot of friends too who now work from home, or yeah. that that's going to be possibly the new norm for them. Yeah. And and subsequently, like other places that are trying to get their employees back into the office, but just for the reason, just to get them back yeah, in the exactly. office. Like, and it's kind of almost showed that like we are capable of doing that and mm-hmm. we are capable of, you know, adapting when the times kind of need to. And for some people that's, they're just happy to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this song, um, 
is going to you know sort of touch on the sort of introverts who who didn't really hate lockdown. Yeah. And actually thought it was, thought it was, and it's the thought of coming out of it yeah. that's probably scared them more. Yeah, scared them more. Into it, yeah, which is crazy, sure. right? Like, yeah, totally. Um, like back in March 2020, like, uh, like I said, I'm no expert. I'm not because people give their opinions all the time on this. And oh yeah, like. I've always said like social media comment sections are like chocolate cake. You know you shouldn't touch it. It's going to give you diabetes. Oh yeah. And you I know can, I mean you know you're you not going to get. It. And I just like every time I'm like no because people are just going to be saying some wild shit in there. <gasps> and then I, like next thing I know I've been looking at it for half an hour and it's just it, like it, that's it, poison. Why am I it, doing that? It to is myself? the best chocolate cake you'll ever <laughs> eat in your life. That's what it is right there. If if you can. Really, what it what it what it is is you just need to just take the frosting and just, yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love I love uh, coming across the comments and social yeah. media. I mean, I'm I, I I'm I'm not Michael Jackson yeah. beating the popcorn. <laughs> I am that guy. It's you know. a good look into people's subconscious thinking. Oh, right? completely. And I, 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 I use an example. Again, I'll, I'll try not. No, I'll, I'll try not name kind of any names. But if I, if I had a girl who. Is an anti-vaxxer, mm-hmm. right? Okay, right. and she posts about it. Mm-hmm. She's not having it. Kids not yeah. having it. Everything. Right? Okay, and another girl who posted something, just kind of asking a generalized question about like women, like have what have you kind of experienced in regard to women's things with having a vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. She's already had both vaccines, okay, and then this girl comments on her thread saying. This is why I'm not having this vaccine yeah. for this this X, Y, or Z, and I just looked at that. And I thought, who are you preaching yeah. to? <laughs> it seems like, like we live in a world now where people, um, I think it probably is a lot to do with the emergence of social media and the internet, mm. of where we're so connected at all times that people kind of feel like, ever because we all in our own ways have mm. our view of the world, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. And it seems like social media kind of perpetuates people wanting everyone to live. They're like the exact yeah. same that they do. I know. I just, I, I couldn't understand the sort of lack of social awareness that this person was showing. Talking to someone who's had both vaccines, yeah. telling her about why she's, you know, why it's a bad thing she's mm-hmm. done it and she's not going to have the vaccines. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, at that point, I kind of, that was one of the points where like, you know, I, I have a laugh and when I read the comments, yeah, but yeah. I looked at that and I thought, no, you're you're just Stark, scare, you're, you're scaremonger. Yeah. You're scaremonger. Stark. That's exactly what, that, and, and, if, and if it was the opposite way around, like be crying freedom yeah. of speech and how dare you you know it's my right to to do whatever well you, you see know. like um because it's always a political thing right it's it always does. it left, always goes that it's way. always left and right and mm. what i find fascinating about this i know we're kind of drifting off music for a second but this <laughs> is what this podcast is about <laughs> branching yeah. off, um is i notice when one side disagrees with something the mm. other side just automatically agrees with it whether they agree with it or not it's mm. more like i'm on the, it's, it's a very tribalistic thing and it's it's almost like I used to watch like football fans fighting and think it was it, so like pointless and what that oh completely. But now I see that as like what politics it is. is it's, almost, it's, you know, it, like, it's it's absolutely it's footballification of politics. Yeah, exactly. It, and we can't just like accept like if something's been done badly by a politician. Yeah. You know we can't just all turn around and say well that was you know that was done really yeah, badly yeah. you know and they shouldn't why were they allowed to do that mm-hmm. or why were they able to do that. They're almost like if that's your team, you have to come out in defence. Yeah, sometimes yeah. even the indefensible, like, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's on both sides too. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it's 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 not a good place. It's it's where it's not a good place to be because I think you can you can just end up with people who they can just get away with things. They can yeah. just lie. Can just get away. And and if if you are conditioned because you think it, you know maybe you agree on a certain political topic with with the people who. Mm-hmm. 
have done something wrong, you have to defend them. But yeah, you, but you shouldn't have to defend them. Yeah. You should be it, able to say like, I agree with this, but what they did there was wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like it's the good old analogy of if you're fighting your neighbor, you're not fighting the people that are like making all the decisions. <laughs> Completely. Right? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Which you'll probably get more success of challenging the people that actually have centralized power, power rather yeah. than someone that you know thinks i don't know i don't i don't want to say because i don't want youtube's censorship <laughs> is nowadays but uh you know like i, I see it's, there's a lot of hypocrisy behind it as well of course right? there like is, you yeah. see um for example like i just off the top of my head like a very kind of right-wing opinion is freedom of speech like you were mentioning mm. but they also want the the whole taking the knee thing in sport band mm-hmm. which is like that's kind of suppressing freedom of expression yeah, right because it, yeah. whether you agree with that or not it's their right to it's do their it. right to you know so I, it's like i'm always coming at it from a kind of third party neutral because you have to yeah. i feel like you kind of cloud your judgment by aligning yourself with a specific side or group or whatever you know and i think something that's quite new to to today is that now i think it's insane that we have a media and it's that actually just promote I, I think it's crazy the media promote specific or specific political sides yeah. i think that's crazy and yeah. it's it, it's the same with with people now on their social media that mm-hmm. they are they just get confirmation bias because they just they only follow the things that they agree with yeah that's it so they're never challenging their own thinking challenge, you know and that's it you know i mean it's not nice when the people you support you know if, if there's a scandal if there's something yeah. going there you know you, you it's not good to think you know i agree with them on that but oh good god you know uh, yeah, but it's it's you to accept it you know yeah. we're all people we all make mistakes and that's <laughs> exactly. it you know and we need to be able to to call things out when they happen and and be able to do something about it but yeah uh, i think yeah. that's one great thing about music though music is the one true thing left on the earth that can bring unity from from every side of the world bill and right? ted three right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah totally but like you see like bands uh, from example, from here, mm. maybe go on a world tour, go to Japan, mm. and the people in the crowd are singing the lyrics in English when they maybe don't even speak English crazy. as a language. You Absolutely know what I mean? Crazy, like, yeah. That's what I see, and I think mm-hmm. that's one of the most powerful, uh, you know, I don't want to say weapons because that sounds sinister, but uh, <laughs> weapons that music has, yeah, right? Because it, it unifies people. When it it's, does. You know, I think that can only be a positive thing, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially in a, a time of so much division, I suppose mm. you would call it. That's true. Yeah. Have you had any awkward experiences at gigs? I would imagine. I would imagine since you um, obviously gig in a lot of hospitality venues, mm-hmm. you, you come across uh, people that have maybe got on the bit and intoxicated side or something. Has there ever been like not hecklers, I suppose, but <laughs> difficult I, audiences? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Do you know what? Um, actually, I'll give an example. Um, about a month or two ago, I played in in, in Inverness and Johnny Fox's, and there was this. Quite loud, quite loud guy, quite um, obnoxious guy. <laughs> um, and, y- you know, y- you you develop a thick skin, you know, you don't take things personally or whatever, but he asked for a request, right? Any request, I think it's Tracy Chapman, Fast Car or whatever, uh-huh. right? Okay. I was like, oh, no, I'll give you money to do it or I'll give you that, so, you know, um, whatever. Uh, and I didn't even notice that he went out for a fag. But it was coming to the end of my first set, so mm. I thought, right, I'll get this request and you know, get it in now. Oh, right. So I he wanted, missed the song. So he had, he literally walked and and he was there with a group of people, mm. right, as well. Um, all his pals and <laughs> stuff like that. And he literally walked back into his table as I just struck the last chord. And that was me finish the song, and everyone was like, "Wait!" Yeah, like, and I was like, 
and to, I didn't even realise that that was yeah, the case. Yeah, it was yeah. actually him that wanted it. Um, I didn't even realise that was the thing. But then another guy from another table when I was on my break said, like, did you mean to do that? He's like, because it was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and the guy's been a bit of a prick. And then, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, when he went away, you played a song that yeah. he wanted. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I, Some things just land in your lap. Oh, they do. I was like, I wish, I wish I did mean to do it, but I didn't mean to do it. But it was, uh, I, I, I saw the funny side of that one. Um, you, you see some of the weird and the wonderful, man. Yeah. You really do. I would you really so. do. I mean, c- come on, on to this. Uh, obviously, you mentioned that I, I sort of train at SPG, sort of it's an MMA gym. So mm-hmm. I met this guy, very talkative guy, and it was at the end of the. the, the it's the first time I'd ever met someone like this, right? At the end of the night, he was talk, talking to me about, like, the kind of... I don't know how we got on the topic, but he was talking to me like he used to be a bouncer. He was a very short guy as well. He was talking about, like, he used to be a bouncer and he used to do, like, Krav Maga, Taekwondo. Mm, semi-professional uh, footballer. All, 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 <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, and what did he say? I mean, he was like... I said, and I did a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm. So I'm so I'm sitting there thinking like you know he reeled off loads of these martial arts that I wouldn't say are like not the main ones as such but like you know um, and he was telling me like I could you know I could pressure points you know I could I could you know write pressure points behind your ear and stuff like that I could mm. could knock you out <laughs> but I'm not going to do that to you because you've got to drive home tonight and everything like that and I'm just like oh that's that's really amazing man yeah that's that's so cool you know he's like I just you know like literally swear to God just like think you know yeah, like, yeah. this bit like here behind he's your watching neck. those uh, legit as fuck videos on <laughs> youtube <laughs> <laughs> completely yeah oh yeah uh, yeah yes yeah. all, all that can just all that good stuff and like I, I don't know why but that was just the first time i was like just people are weird yeah people are so weird like a why you even felt the need to come up yeah and tell me exactly this. yeah i have no idea and and I don't know. I don't. I don't know how people like that feel. Like think that comes across. Mm. Yeah, I think. Oh well, that's so amazing. You know, yeah, especially in, in pubs. Like mm. you can't rule anything. I remember a guy came around. He was giving out his business card for carpet tiles, and this was before like I made the <laughs> studio. But I didn't actually get back to him. So I, oh, apologies well. to that guy. Yeah, uh, I know. I lost the card. But um, if you yeah. got another send up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But yeah, like like we were saying, like obviously you're going to get like drunk and obnoxious people. It's of course, just, yeah. I would imagine it's just part of the experience too. Yeah, an completely. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to get your kind of thoughts on a, a bit of like music in mm. general. Mm. So, uh, what do you think of first of all about Murray's local scene? I know we've already kind of touched on it mm. a little bit. I would imagine like you all kind of travel in similar circles in terms of yeah, events and so. venues and stuff. Yeah, I would imagine you all have a good relationship it's not just like these are all kind of like Shaolin showdown in the other side no <laughs> I, I wouldn't say so I mean there's there's probably like there's always going to be probably a, like if we were all at the same thing there'd be a competitiveness yeah. I'd imagine of course everybody's going to want to to have the best show or to be the best performer that but no I think we're, we're all I think we all understand what it's all about you know what playing and gigging and stuff like it's all like so we don't like I can't, I can't, you know I, I can't imagine I mean, there maybe are musicians who absolutely hate other musicians yeah. and can't stand them, but no, I think we, we all, I think we've all got like a respect and everything for, for each other and, and we know what we do and, you know, and, but to be honest, everyone around here is really yeah. pretty sound, you know, like I've never, you know, I met Chris Grant for the first time going down to Voice in Glasgow. Oh, really? That's the first time I, I think it's, the, I, I probably would have met him before maybe in passing or something like that, but the first time I actually ever met him, I was spend like four, eight hours in a car with him. We went oh, down, really? we went down to the voice auditions in Glasgow and, um, 
oh yeah, I got like his worldview, yeah, yeah. everything <laughs> that was going on at the time, which I mean, you're probably like four or five years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. We I actually mean, have a signed album from the man. That's himself, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> we yeah. raffled one off to the listeners, but he also kept one specifically for this place. We're actually going to get a board and we're going to hang it up, Chris. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's not. I need to. I need to get a chance to to to, to listen to that one. Always. Yeah, he was he was talking about the kind of interest and kind of marketing of it because obviously he's someone that's released quite a few a albums. Yeah, he's done a album. lot. Yeah, for sure. And the the physical version's obviously out now. It wouldn't be here if it wasn't. But um, <laughs> the sp- I was I asked him because the Spotify one doesn't actually release. Uh, well, the digital one, I guess you could say, doesn't release until December twenty first. Well, yeah, I saw he was selling them. He was selling them at just what the particular place in Upper Lower. Yeah, mistaken, mm. yeah, the. the um, Guy who has a shop there, yeah. Well, he he said it's because I thought it might be to do with um, oh, I can't remember what I said at the time. Yeah. I have to watch it back. But he was he was saying it was to do with marketing in terms of obviously the the physical copies are more of a local thing, right? Because obviously yeah. he's going to like more people are going to do it locally. Of course. So the the whole digital kind of side of it, and I suppose mm. that's something we can touch on as well with mm-hmm. Spotify and SoundCloud. Although I've kind of talked about this quite a lot, considering yeah. this podcast on Spotify, <laughs> I might not want to. Uh, I don't don't bite the hand that's feeding up you. the man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was talking about like releasing like a single every month, and it's almost like giving people like kind of tasters to kind of nudge them in the right direction to like purchase the album. Yeah. Which I find quite interesting. It was something that I kind of debated sort of doing because for me, it was originally going to be an EP. Mm. And then I talked to another guy who's another good musician, uh, Tom Morris, um, who was doing his own thing and releasing songs and stuff like that. And he uh, had a good conversation with him and he was just saying, well, I've I've done that. I've released my own albums and done things like that before. And uh, in general, it's just out there. Once Once it's out there, it's just out there. So I suppose like, and that kind of shot me onto more of the side of like, let's just release singles then, yeah. because then, it, then for you know, if, if you've got so you can just you can try to keep the momentum of new material consistently coming all the time, even though it's it's not like say Chris has already done the album, it's out there. So anyone who's got it's got all the songs already. But for someone who's not got the album, they're going to be like, oh my god, he's he's going to be releasing like a song now, and then mm. a month or two later, he releases another song. So they're they're always getting like like a drip feed. Yeah, but they're yeah. always getting something. So um, and it keep and it's good because it keeps his name floating about yeah, in, exactly. in the in the circles and things like that too. So I think like that's that's I I would say that's a pretty good way to do it because I think we have we've become more single orientated. Yeah. than we have towards towards albums. I, I think, think. That, yeah stuff like. Lining up outside of a music store to buy like a CD is is something of maybe not a dying trend, but it's it's not as what it once was. Like for example, mm. the nineties, like the nineties must yes. have been a different total oh, era in term because obviously it was the only kind of avenue, right? Mm. And you know when we talk about the the digital age, most of the time that I've talked to people on this, I think there's always a positive and a negative for this because mm. everything's going digital. It's not just music, of course, yeah. But the positive I see to it is, uh, it used to be a record deal was kind of what everyone was after mm. to make it in music, whereas now you can Don't be independent, it. right? Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot more people, like, you know, paying £10 a month for Spotify and you have the world as your oyster in terms mm-hmm. of music is, yeah. I think, a great thing yeah. from a consumer's point of view. Of course. But yeah. from a playing and a performer's point of view, mm-hmm. the kind of, like, we're, uh, you mentioned drip down feed more for the singles, but obviously with the pay mm-hmm. as well, of course. Um, it appears... Although the the other musician musician I had in the other night was kind of made a good point in retort to that, saying that uh, they can't pay everyone the same because obviously like really massive artists are going to make well drop 
yeah, they they're they're not yeah, um they're going to draw of course. But I mean what is it? Is it like James Bond, he's quite he, he had a good tweet. If you ever get a chance to look at his Twitter feed, do it cuz you'll 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 uh you'll just love reading all the comments, but he's something like point zero 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 four pence per stream. And he's like, boys, yeah. the beers are on me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> all one of them. <laughs> all one of them, yeah. So he's saying you've got to make like an spot, even just, you know, you got to make like a million streams just to get like a couple of thousand pounds. Yeah. And if you think of that from a musician's perspective, just be, that could be like, you know, 10 gigs. Yeah. You know, 10 gigs. And so... Measures of success and things like that in terms of in terms of streaming, it's good now because you can just get you can get your music out there yeah. and you, and you can get it to your fans and hopefully in like a, a platform that people have and that's what they use because there's so many of them. I never even knew how many there existed yeah. until I uh, until I got you know looked into it and I've got you know I've got stuff on platforms I've never touched and I don't know who who uses any of these kind of other platforms. Um, but I think like it's quite funny when I don't know if you maybe see this yourself um, when you sort of when you start uploading music to these places you start seeing a lot of adverts for you know building your streams and building yeah. your followers and you see a lot of this kind of stuff you know pay for pay for stream revenue yeah. kind of thing the one that gets me the most the Facebook page with pay five pounds to get your you could be getting six hundred and fifty views oh, a day yeah, rather than fifty I think it's the pain of my life having oh, a page for the podcast or something com- 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 completely so. As much as like I think streaming, it's a necessary part of getting your music out there. I don't really put too much kind of weight into mm-hmm. it. Really, I mean, I think you know, I think once I've got enough singles out, I'll probably do something similar. I'll get a yeah. physical thing to take with me to gigs because then, you know, you say, I don't know, I don't know how much Chris would sell that for, but if you say he sells it for ten pounds or whatever, yeah. you know, like that's ten. You know, apart from obviously the the money you had to spend to obviously get people in to record the album and that kind of outlay. He's bringing that back in, yeah, exactly. on himself anyway. So, and you're more in control of of the pricing, right? Yeah, of course. You can um, budget what it took to make and what you think's a fair price to. Whereas, obviously, with Spotify, it's kind of mm. we're deciding this really. So that's it. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it, it, I, now it, and it's funny you see it now. Now I'll see musicians that are like, oh, thanks to everybody who's been streaming my you know single, and I'm like, that's paid for. Yeah, I know that's paid for. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, like, you're losing money to you, get that to, to get people. that yeah. to, you know to get that to people, you know, and. Again, it, what what will come through is like it's just, it comes back to playing live. You know, what I mean, it's it do, it doesn't always resonate to say like something's got loads of Spotify streams. Does that mean that people will come and watch you play a gig? Yeah, some maybe, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of bands I've never heard of are on Spotify, and you can look them up and you could see where they're playing, and they're 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 maybe you know it might just be it could just be a guy yeah <laughs> that does it on the side that's just kind of caught like a you know a lucky kind of lucky kind of bit yeah, and he's got exactly. a lot of spotify streams it's so I, I i think it's good for getting just kind of sort of overview i think it's good for getting music out there but i don't really put too much weight yeah. into it because i think the reality is you like actually you know having been able to interact with like proper fans that you have or people who follow your music page and people who actually like you know yeah actually would would come and see if you were near where they were they would actually come and see you i think that's more important than getting too bent up a shape about oh, why I've not got enough Spotify streams. Yeah. You know, oh, there's only yeah. however many listeners I get this month, you know, kind of thing. It can be quite a, a, a bad dopamine effect sometimes. Completely, like, yeah. Streams and likes and stuff like that. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to act all high and mighty, but I do find myself 
getting that kind of doping effect of, of someone's like the podcast page or so you know I'm, and I'm, I'm like I didn't yeah. start doing it for that no but it's very I can see how the whole term influencer mindset can kind yeah, of it, come about you know yeah it, it, it's 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 good to know that when you put something out that people are liking yeah. what you're putting out and and they're enjoying it and they're I hopefully wanting to come back and uh, for more you know I mean yeah. of course that that's that's all a part of it but um you get you, you you naturally get these kind of highs and, and these things anyway. Like when you when you, I made my lockdown, you know, big spike in people who liked and followed the page, and this kind of you know slow down. It's maybe a bit kind of bit more patchy now. Yeah, you know, I'll have a few more. Then the next month I won't have as many. You know, or or whatever. Or you'll get some people who unfollow the page. Yeah, and this stuff. it's just what it, it just is. What it is. You know, you try and act humble, but you just see that and you're like, I'm going to find out who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Or see, it's not that it's not that anymore on Facebook now, but it was. You could like it, but you could unfollow it. Or yeah, so yeah. For so me, it's just like, oh, I've liked it, but I'm not going to see anything no. that's going to come up. For me, it's the other way around. I had more followers than I did likes, yeah. which was the weird one. I was like, I usually would have thought it would have been the other way around. around yeah, yeah. But that, that was say that was. So, I hope it doesn't kill stuff like tour buses and that which I, I've, I've seen you, you're uh, taking part in a band at the moment I believe or you're, you're I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a couple of bands yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and I see you on the travels and the oh yeah the, is, mm-hmm. it, is it a minibus or no no it's, that's my car oh just a car <laughs> just a car okay I apologise I wish I wish we had a, I wish we had a bus that would be but great but like I think the, what I'm trying to get out with the travelling element like uh, mm-hmm. I watched a film the other night again for the first time in years called Almost Famous don't know if you've ever brilliant seen this film, film. brilliant it. film yeah. and it, it's about a, a kid that kind of uh, pretends to be a Rolling Stone reporter because he's into like reporting on yep. music and uh, Stillwater I think the band's name Stillwater is yeah, it, yeah. and the it, it's on because I'm a, I'm a golden god yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's, in, it's set in the 70s right and yep. it, there's a there's a scene where they all start singing Elton John's uh, oh, Tiny, Tiny Dancer, Dancer. Yeah. and you know like the, the tour bus and that and I hope that digital side of things doesn't take that away because mm. maybe it doesn't exactly happen like that like it does mm. in the film but I think it's a massive part of the experience especially if, mm. if you're in a band right in terms yeah. of the kind of camaraderie and you know experiences and stories yeah. and whatnot you get from that I don't think it will because you, you're sort of moving into a different element of music which is now going to the live element yeah. which is you hope really you're only thinking it's going to affect that if bands no longer play live and they just play a live stream but i can't see that you can't see you fill in a stadium maybe maybe they can i wouldn't see them fill in a stadium to watch a stream yeah you know maybe a cinema but i wouldn't <laughs> see like I, cu- I couldn't see that so I, I think that will always kind of i hope that will always kind of still yeah, be there's there so, there's some things that can never be uh, overthrown and i hope no uh, I, I don't think so the physical kind of aspect of music is is one of them I don't think it ever will. No, it's just because it's just not the same. Yeah, it really isn't. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a. It's, it's again. It's a, I'm a met not not critical, but like I can hear when it, if I ever go to something live and I'm like, okay, that's an overdubbed vocal. Yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's not live. You yeah. know, kind of. <laughs> I I can I can hear all that kind of stuff. So when when you go to watch the real thing and you know and and see it, and we saw Nickelback a few years ago. Oh man, we were gonna see them, and then. Chad Kroger had to go in to get surgery on his voice, so it delayed the concert a year, and hadn't known and seen what it had done to other artists um, who have like nodules removed. It can completely change yeah. the dynamic of their voice. So you're thinking for for a guy that relies on a kind of quite a specific sound mm. for what the music's all about. Um, what was it? What was he going to be like? And he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't put it any other way. Had a great gig, sounded great. Band sounded great. Um, one of the best concerts I've been to 
hands down. I've always really rated Nickelback. Completely, but people I'm, hate them. Exactly. <laughs> For some years, everyone hated them. And I then know. they released um, Rockstar in 2010. Everyone loved them for three months. They just listened to that yeah, yeah. song. And then it went back to, oh, oh yeah. nothing, anything they've done before no, that. No. And I'm like, you're wrong, but okay. Yeah, I yeah. guess I accept your opinion reluctantly. But uh, <laughs> So I've got a couple more uh, general questions go, for go you for before it, yeah. we go. We've been uh, recording a bit now, but we've, oh, we've got right. a couple we're more minutes left of us for sure. We're doing good, yeah. We, so, we, we, we go through we go yeah. however long you want. Well, I think we've got 100 hours left. But oh, well, I'll check the diary make sure no, I'm right. I have work tomorrow, so oh. <laughs> we definitely have to be finished by today for sure. But, okay. uh, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of more about like your life outside music, really. And obviously mm. we touched on the, the SBG money mm. thing. Um, and obviously I'm taking it you're training with the, the likes of like Aiden Steven and yeah. all those guys mm. and stuff. Like yeah. He's he's phenomenal, man. He's like a great I, guy, isn't he? I remember seeing him on a Cage Warriors and BT Sport before mm. they changed it all to Fight Pass and all that. Yeah. And he, like, uh, he rolled a guy into a Kimura from the fence. Do you remember yeah. that fight? Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. rolled Chris, him, Chris Edwards. Yeah, yeah, rolled him like some kind of tobacco with a Rizzle paper. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not a fun thing to get caught yeah. in. Oh, you no. know, it's uh, and to be fair, I mean, he, I mean, he, he was. If, I, I remember I've seen the highlights so many times, and I just think to myself, I'm like, I know he tapped. He tapped kind of. I think he was kind of tapped yeah. mid roll, mid rolling. Um, you know the ref couldn't get in there yeah, quite quick, yeah. and it, you know it's all a game of seconds oh, as well, right? It can go thing. real wrong real it's quickly. It's not a fun thing, but I mean, obviously, obviously, he's been okay. He's been back to fight, but yeah, I, it, training with these, you just different yeah. level, isn't it? Oh, always, of course it is. It was always, of course, it's going to be. You know, it's always going to be like that. Um, a lot of the guys up there, they're self-taught as well, right? From when they opened the gym, if yeah, I remember correctly. I'm not too, I'm not too hundred percent familiar on the story, but I think yeah, they they. It, it came just out of interest of UFC and yeah. the origins of like Hoist Gracie and UFC C1 and these guys just, you know, kind of self-taught themselves. I think they always were into combat yeah, sports yeah. anyway. Um, just added another layer to yeah, their that's skill it. set. That's it, yeah. Um, let's say they're the ones you need to speak to to get that full story. But yeah, mm. they've, but they've, they've, what they've, from where they've kind of started... On their, I suppose their own kind of martial arts journey to the gym they have now and the kind of the following and and what you know what they're yeah, doing is, is fantastic. You know, it's great. It's great to see that here. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm easily starstruck. So when like BT Sports is like a major sports channel in the yeah, UK, yeah. someone from like Elgin being yeah. on there, like I couldn't get my head around it. Especially after he did that as well. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, uh, and obviously like you know it must be quite hard for them the last year because obviously I think Aiden uh, he's had a couple fights obviously during the whole. Mm. Uh, uh, corona stuff but uh, I think was it uh, fall last year I think they were training in like the garden and stuff because obviously the yeah. gyms were still not open at that of course, point yeah and uh, yeah I've got so much respect for people like obviously do that sport yeah but like you know you know the stuff that they've had to the adversity they've had to face yeah of course without actually being in competition yeah. if you know what I mean so I mean I I can imagine these guys are probably sparring me at like a level that's probably below 50% yeah. of what they can do but to me, like to anyone who's like not nowhere, obviously nowhere near the level they are, it just seems so overwhelming. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely you, you really can't appreciate like how good these yeah, guys yeah. are um, until you you actually get to see them and or, or, or until you get to actually train with them. Um, and it's 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 just it's such an unpredictable sport, man. It's it's, it's such a, a tough sport to to train for, and because there's just so many different elements to it. Yeah, you know, like. 
styles make fights and they've said that all the time the whole entertainment side of it as well now right that's that's a big part of it too you know it's it's all again about self-promotion and and i mean you see like obviously the rise of conor mcgregor and how mm. he managed to do that and you know dramatic falls and the Joe Hell, of course this is it yeah i mean it's 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 just such a it's such a, a weird you know I think it's a, I think it's a think difficult thing with fighters because a, the big element of it is like respect. Yeah. You know, there's a and then you know mm. uh, you know it's you're you're just you're all there just trying to be the best version of yourself and to be the best. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you've got respect for all the people that that get in and do it too, and then. But sometimes, you know, even the brash people who are the yeah. assholes can still be really good fighters yeah. as well. So, well, you, you spoke about McGregor there. I mean, the, the big thing that I view with that guy is uh, like 2016, probably like his peak year when he did like, the whole New York champ, thing and yeah. stuff like that. And I think that there's a difference in energy now, right? Mm. I think a lot of the things that he does now are said with Venom and kind of, I'm obsessed with this person because I need to need to get that one back. I need to, like, you know, yeah. kill them. That's what he seems like. Well, you know, yeah. I, mean, I want to take this outside and all this stuff. And he was never really like that before. It was almost like no. a, he had a superiority complex of kind you of. don't matter and I'm just going to deal with you anyway. Whereas yeah. now it just seems like, it seems like he kind of realised he's maybe lost something and he's desperately trying to clamour that, that back. back you, know. It's, you know, it's hard to do when... He's, he's, he's a guy that's quite... In, his personality seems to have been different depending on who he's fought. Yeah. You know, he, he fought... Obviously, he fought Khabib, and that was quite that was quite <laughs> that was dark. Know, yeah, it? that was yeah. quite a dark sort of side of things. Where you, I think, and it just didn't like didn't work. He didn't get in Khabib's head at all. And then he had that, and then he went on to fight Cerrone. And Cerrone is a guy who miles on the clock, really. Right? Miles on the clock, right? But he's but he's he's you know beer drinking, yeah, love, yeah. love life kind of thing like that. He's an adrenaline so junkie, isn't he? Completely, he's always doing yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah, so. You got kind of much a, a more reserved and kind of mm. happy, happy going Conor McGregor for that one, and then Poirier. The Poirier one showed it all really right because this is someone that he absolutely dusted, no pun intended. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and you've been the, thinking about that yeah, all week. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> I do try, but yeah. uh, the 2014 was it like all that time ago? Mm. Um, and obviously Dustin Poirier was like a really immense fighter and obviously a great person as you see from mm. all the work that he does in that. Mm-hmm. But I think you you kind of seen stagnation and you can't really afford to be away from that kind of no. level of competition for too long because the Don't rest so. of it just catches up to you because that last fight even though his leg broke in that and there's kind of a built-in kind of okay let's do a fourth fight mm. dude was getting absolutely dominated in that fight in my opinion um yeah i mean he, he had good moments i suppose with it i mean why it, it it speaks to his personality perfectly about the kind of guy that he is that he would of course want to try and mm. beat Poirier with a guillotine which is yeah. Poirier's <laughs> submission that he always goes for yeah but that's that's the kind of guy that he is you know it's like if you can do something I can do something better yeah but it was after he said the submissions don't count and stuff I know yeah yeah <laughs> like, so he first one, Dustin first, Poirier with a guillotine first one to shoots a dusty bitch yeah, yeah right um so yeah of course he he said that and the downside of like jumping a guillotine if you don't get it is you're going to up on the bottom like yeah he was and and that was it really i mean he's hooking the glove as well right Did yeah you see i that? saw that yeah he's done that a few times now mm-hmm. yeah i have seen that and then throwing the up kicks too mm. yeah it's some would say it's a veteran move but it's, yeah. it's dirty it's it's dirty fighting but i don't know i mean it's very difficult to say but you have to if you were looking at it you think like well that wasn't a good you know 
tactical mistake made him if you're a fan you know yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I'll, I do try to be a fan you know I am I am a fan I do mm-hmm. try to be a fan as much as you can you can say tactical mistake he ended up on his back you know and then the leg broke and that was it but what would yeah. the second and third rounds look like but with Dustin having such a dominant first round yeah, and Connor's never really exactly got better no, as the fight goes on right you know, you're sort of thinking like well this you know is favouring Poirier yeah. I, I think if I want to see Connor coming back which I, I think he probably will. I think. Yeah. I think he, no, probably, yeah, he I think, definitely. I think he will. probably will do. I would like to see him fight someone else. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to see him. I know, but he's just such a name, and then you can do to, what he wants. He can right? do what he wants, and he can take the biggest fights that are available to him. But I don't know if what would motivate him would be to fight someone who's maybe in you know in ten to five, More like you know, a Tony Ferguson or someone like that. Maybe yeah, or maybe like a Dan Hooker or somebody mm. you know, someone who's a bit further down the lightweight rankings, but still in the top 10. Um, I don't know whether he would, would do that because yeah. the matches there, or even Nate Diaz, I'd even like, I'd, yeah, I'd rather see we've been waiting for that for five years, right? That's so mad that that second fight five I know. years ago. I, I, I think, I would. I don't want to see him jump back in to, yeah. to fight Poirier again. you've got like, I absolute savages at the top of that division, like Gaethje, Poirier, mm. Oliver is the champion at the moment, mm. and Chandler came over. He's kind of yeah. He's kind of win one, lose one, really, isn't he? Uh, a lot of the time, for what I've seen in Bellator, but even like, do you remember when Ross Houston fought uh, Dalby in, in Cage Dalby. Warriors? That, that was, was insane. That was the most bananas thing I've mm. ever seen in my life. I can't believe he didn't get in the UFC. I can't believe that Dalby got in the UFC. I mean, obviously Ross is doing very well for himself. He's in Bellator, Bellator and, that, yeah. and that's nothing to be. Uh, head shaking up, but like you would think, I can't believe that that fight was so good from both participants, mm-hmm. right? Like it was stopped because there was too much blood. Too much blood. Floor, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, that's they, they actually. I mean, you rewatch that, and I think at one point Ross tries to to sync up an anaconda choke, yeah. and he just he can't. Slips, he he yeah, just can't yeah. even base his feet to roll. You're mm-hmm. supposed to roll into these kind of, or you know, or you can roll into these kind of chokes. He he, he just. Nowhere to go, and yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, I think it was Mark Goddard was the referee mm-hmm. who just stopped it and said, "This is was crazy." Yeah, this ridiculous. is nuts, like, you know, like um, absolutely insane. And it, yeah, Dalby's the one that gets in the UFC, yeah. but Ross had a bit of an unlucky thing, didn't he? He, he sort of he, he trialed to be on the Ultimate Fighter, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And then it got uh, his weight division got, got pulled or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. So he, it's always a you know, hopefully. It, Bellator is, you know, is a, is 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 the next, yeah. the next biggest to the UFC in terms of like the, the promotions that are yeah, there. Seems like very big in the UK as well, from what I've seen. It has been. I think they've got a deal with Channel Five or something mm-hmm. like that, so they they get chance to watch it. There's good fights for them there. Yeah. You know, there's there's really good things, really Just, good uh, tests for them. Michael Venom Page, right? Exactly. You know, and and I would say definitely at least took one of the rounds mm-hmm. from from MVP and MVPs fought, yeah, like, fought for the title. He's only lost to Lima, right? That's it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you got to think like, you know, not a bad way. Even though he got the loss, you know, he's still mm. got his toe in the water and and got to see, you know, how he fared, you know, yeah. in, in that kind of competition. Sure. Um, it, it's it's just so crazy to like think that you know people who are from here are yeah crazy like fighting at the highest level. I, it's just podcasts. One I love to watch about MMA. Maybe I don't know if you watch it yourself. It's called Weighing In. Oh, was that with Josh Thompson and Big, yeah, big, John, big John McCarthy? Big John McCarthy. <laughs> So when they had the Bellator card with Ross Houston, they actually had the timestamps in it where they talk about Ross Houston, and you just think that's crazy. That's, that's so this, surreal. This Big John, yeah, this big is John. the guy that's like at UFC one as the referee. Yeah, yeah, he like him. wrote some of the rules for yeah, the sport. That's him, and he's talking about Ross that's Houston. Houston. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah. bad, bad. It's it's it, it's 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 crazy to think like 
how quickly you can become and that's what is like you know MMA and, and, and mixed martial arts like it's just this community that mm. just goes all like Aiden said in his documentary like Scottish MMA is on fire right now it is and it's, yeah. it, like you know don't want to sound pig headed or anything but I think it's only a matter of time before we're going to get a world champion somewhere I really and hope so that's going to be a crazy day because I think it's only is it one is it Bisping's the only champion from the United Kingdom, United Kingdom in the yeah. entire sports history which is mad Obviously, you've got like people like Leon Edwards and Darren mm. Till and stuff like that. They're kind of fighting at their yeah divisions yeah. and stuff. But I think I think it will come. Do you know, like uh, you know, after watching that kind of mini documentary mm. that Aiden done, kind of uh, talking about the whole kind of scene of it and stuff like mm. that, and I've, I've went on to follow more people like uh, I believe Chris Chris Duncan, uh, oh yeah, the guy from is it not Scott Squad? That's the TV show. He's debuting <laughs> in the UFC, isn't he? Yeah, Dana White's Contender Series, mm. is he? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, loads of guys, man, and it can only be a good thing, right? Because I think so. We were talking about, uh, I think I was talking about this to one of my co-hosts right. a couple of weeks ago. Is you know people like I remember my dad used to say me like, "Why do you like that's a blood sport, cockfight, and all this kind of stuff?" I know, but did he also like boxing? Well, no, no, not exactly. Okay, okay. But he the, he put boxing on one night, right? Which mm. I didn't have the remote, so like, okay, fair enough. If you think it's that, then we don't have to agree on whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. But the thing that I appreciate about it the most is the humility of it, mm. especially when people get like beat or suffer a loss, but they've been working so hard to win, and mm. um, how people handle that. I think it's such a rare commodity in today's world, mm. like what we were talking about earlier, like you know, football and politics and all that of kind of jazz. You never see that people will go to ends of earth. To make excuses or they've not done anything wrong for people most of the time mm. in fighting. Obviously, there's people with like personas and that they just keep it yeah, going, like the heel WWE yeah, style. Yeah. Uh, that you know, it's real. I, like, I remember watching a video like most honest moments in combat sports history, and mm. it makes you think of yourself as a person. I know that sounds quite like cliche and over it does kind and of stuff, though, yeah. you know. It's just like you've got to be honest with yourself, and I think mm. because there's nowhere to hide. No, you. It's just a, it's a very pure thing. That's the mm. the way that I would describe it. I think it can. Uh, I'm hoping to have some of the guys from SG, SBG on the podcast at some yeah, point. So I hope do, to yeah. hope to uh, get a bit more uh, out of. Uh, there'll be a lot of questions. <laughs> there'll be a lot of interesting topics you'll get. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, yeah, and they'll be able to tell you so much more about their origins than I will. You know, um, I think you're right, though. I mean, kind of going back to the kind of the footballification of kind of things well rather i'll just even speak about football and the sort of uh the violence mm. that we kind of seen between fans you know especially scotland went to england but yeah it's, but i even say the firms and things like that that still exist today and one thing that that, that forever kind of struck me with this is i'm thinking that these are guys who like they don't box they don't mm. you know or they don't you know they don't train or I, I, maybe I, maybe they do but yeah. I mean it, it's people that come out of a pub after like sinking is, six it, Guinnesses or something like it that it is it's not people who, who go and train in the gym or it's not people who go to, to actually learn like a martial art or to learn how to, to do something it, it's, it is like you say it's people who are just steaming out of the pub yeah never been humbled I suppose I don't think they want to be humbled yeah I think they fear being I, I humbled think, I think that's what it is I mean like I, I, I've, I've known people who been like that and i've just and i just think to myself i'm like you, you you don't want to you don't want to come to the gym and you don't want to like you know get submitted by someone who's yeah. you know half your size you know or or you know mm-hmm. y- you don't want to to have that experience because it, it's just it's an ego thing like that's it doesn't compute for people yeah you know that like the, the idea that someone who you know that they think they could just walk over could actually you know kick the shit out of them yeah. you know? it, it's 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 a really weird thing. 
and that was the I, I I sort of posed a question on my Facebook, <laughs> all the places you want to go to get the yeah, all, yeah, get yeah. all the good answers and stuff. I went to Facebook, and I said, why we why do we only see this really in football? Because we don't see it in others. No, it's, it's a very it's, unique it's a very kind of unique, niche, isn't it? Yeah. It is. We don't see it in rugby. Mm-hmm. Right? You, don't, you don't see like fans from rugby mm-hmm. teams fighting each other post match. Yeah. Know? Um, you know, cricket or you know, even mm-hmm. even go to Could the. You net. Imagine it at the cricket. No. <laughs> <laughs> get a lot more viewers. Well, if I could tell you I probably yeah. would do. Yeah. <laughs> imagine if they had like an old firm, <laughs> old firm cricket match. <laughs> It um, takes five days to complete. <laughs> <laughs> the place would be stretched to high heaven. Well, that's probably why. It's because it takes five days to compete. Yeah. If, you, if you fight the guy on the first day, you're like, still got to see <laughs> him like a war of attrition. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, even if you looked at the American sports in terms of like NFL, basketball, NFL, basketball there really isn't, or at least from my outside perspective, There's I don't. No s- hooliganism, right? Not really. No, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, why is this thing just football? I don't, and I've never kind of come to the conclusion yeah. and the understanding about that. I've never, never figured it out. I do find it weird when I, I, I see it because it's, it's just poison a lot of the time, right? Completely, if it's not yeah. physical violence, it's saying really dark stuff online mm-hmm. and all that. And that, I mean, that can happen in multiple forms of life. The of dark stuff online, but like you know, with football especially, it seems to kind of uh, rear its head. I've got two more questions for you, dude. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, who are the people in your life that are your inspirations? Now, what I mean by that is, as I used to be someone that used to look up to like sports people and that, and mm. then I kind of realised people like that would let you down, but it was just because you shouldn't really view them as idols because you don't know them as a person. Not really. So, no. you know, mine would be my mum just because all the mm. stuff that like she's went through in that in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so just who are your inspirations and in terms of do you think they've played a massive part in getting you to where you are now? Um. That's a good. That's a good question. Um, that's a tough one. Um, that's a diff- that's a difficult one. I can yeah, ask the other a, one and let you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, let me see if I. I mean, I, it's 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 a it's a tricky one because in terms of inspirations to do what I do, mm. I'd say like, you know. Um, Chris probably was one of the guys that kind of, sh- or, and and Max and some other guys are, was probably one of the people that sort of sh- like, when I had this idea in my head, I was like, you know, that you'll you'll never be able to to, to make a like yeah. have get a job doing this or, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. He was just there doing it and just pottering away yeah, and then yeah. playing gigs and stuff like that, and that's how that's what he did, you know. So, you you know, he was there and he showed like, well, actually, no, I mean, he can you, he can do it, you know. I mean, there's there's absolutely no reason. You know, I couldn't do it too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so you know, and he can get that enjoyment, you know, and and things like that. So I would say it's crazy when they say inspiration. It feels like I should have a shrine. To yeah. Something, you know? um, but I suppose in that sense, yeah, Chris, Chris, you know, inspired me to to see that it was possible, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that you could, you can absolutely do it. Yeah. There's, there's there's no way to say that you can't. You just have to put the time in and things that, and. He's a guy that's doing it, so you just have to just do it as well, yeah, yeah. you know. And that that'll be it. Um, it's, uh, I'll, I'll have to think about some others, but we'll go go to the next one. And we'll come back to that one. I'd say in terms of in terms of actually, yeah, Chris, Chris, I would say probably for 
you could actually you can you can do music like mm-hmm. he's he's kind of showed that in this area like for me I I didn't really know very any yeah very, he was I didn't really know a lot of the other musicians in the area but he was the one transferred that I, some confidence for me to, yeah. to do what not necessarily he was doing but in like your own kind of yeah way. yeah for sure you know um and I still like say like just you know I'll I'll, I'll you know ask ask Chris questions about gigs or yeah. ask, you know or, or ask him about how what venues are like and things like that too you know and and get like the the score from him because you know he's um you know he's he's, he's been in he's, he's been there and he's done it you know yeah. and you know no nobody better to ask if you want to you know to to to, to find out how to do it you know mm-hmm. I mean I don't know maybe interesting to hear what his inspirations would have been um to do music he's an interesting guy if you well, so you've spoken to him. So, mm-hmm. um, I need to go back and do you ask him that at the end of the podcast? Yeah, actually, that's a new one we've came it's up with. A new one, the, oh. but the, the, the last one that we usually ask everyone is, What does music ultimately mean to you as a person? That's a great question as well. Um, for me, um, as a person, music just kind of encapsulates like just kind of like joy, happiness, you know. Um, an ability to communicate, you know, through sometimes through through words, sometimes just through sound, and it just it it really it it just gives you it gives you the ability to kind of say things, but still or to have a message, but not be like too direct about yeah. it. You know, I, I quite I quite like, and it and it, it can mean just so much to to anything. Like I get like bizarrely emotional at random bits of songs yeah weirdly yeah. enough you know just something can strike something can strike in the right way and then that's just something that hits you but it wouldn't do the same to anybody else yeah right you know and you know maybe you feel maybe the same with like maybe listen to like classical music or film scores like classical music is an interesting one too because there's no words so you don't know what the subject matter is all about but like just the music itself like Will hit will hit you, and it will hit someone else completely differently. I I think, yeah. For for me, it's 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 kind of like you said. It's like um, it's that thing that kind of unites us, that joy and that joy and happiness. You know, I mean, I I I never felt understood people who can come away from seeing music or listening to music and be like in a worse mood than they were, yeah. <laughs> you know, or feeling worse off than they were before they did, because it can just nothing you can't do with it you yeah. know like really you know it's it's um it, it it's weird because it's, it's almost like talking like it's like you know like a particle or yeah, it's like yeah. you know it's, it's some kind of spiritual and i'm not a particularly like religious or spiritual person but it is kind of spirit it is kind of like it's just it's like it's an energy that you almost can't put into words right very much so yeah that's why it's a great question it's a great question it's like an energy you know or it's just something it's going to be completely different to everybody but yeah dude Thank you very much. Thank you so much for today. having me on, eh? No, absolutely. I've been really excited for this episode for a while. I mean, yeah. uh, like you said, with nerves and stuff, I always get kind of like nerves meeting someone <laughs> new. <I laughs> Excitement, that's what it is. So, yeah, uh, yeah I appreciate the, the time. No, and, thanks for um, having me on. I wish you all the best for the future and, and everything, mate. And uh, all of Scott's links to his Facebook page, um, Spotify, and that will be in the description. And, uh, yeah, cheers for your time, dude. Thank appreciate you so much, it. man. No, thanks for having us on. I hope we'll see you again catch you at a gig hopefully sooner we'll yeah. see you again sitting here that'd be great totally man sweet cheers thanks, thanks so much